Welcome to Parenting Intuitive Kids. I'm Katie. I am Jesse. And this is where we focus on empowering the new heart-centered society that is our children. So come along with us and let's have a talk. Hello, Katie. Hello, Jesse. How are you today? I'm good. I'm excited. I'm super excited too because we have this guest speaker, another one who I just can't wait to hear from. She's so cool. Yes. Lena Morgan, welcome. Thank oh you my so goodness. much for having me, ladies. Yes. Thank you. Uh, just a quick little intro. Lena Morgan is a guide for life's transformation. She wants to help you discover the next version of yourself by changing the story and healing the world. So tell us about yourself. So um, I got my start in midwifery. So when it comes to parenting and children, that is my background. Like, how do we move forward from the ways we were parented and decide the parent we're going to become? And then after I left midwifery, I really wanted to continue all of the work I was doing with women, empowering them and the generational healing. So now I work one-on-one, I do workshops and retreats, and then I also created the fight languages, which are the productive and protective and productive ways that we fight, which again, when it comes to parenting, we are learning so much about how we engage in conflict and how to sit with our children when they're in hard spaces. I love it. Yeah. Um, what is the thing you see most triggering with the parents, I guess? Mm-hmm. So hands down, the most triggering thing is whatever you didn't receive as a kid. When you see your kid doing that, it hits that inner child response so hard for right. you. Um, and in an ideal situation, we would be able to see them in their response and respond with whatever it is they need. But what most often happens is we show up as that little kid ourselves. And so we're meeting our kid who's having a difficult moment with our own wounded self. So we go really big and we want them to stop or we try and appease them rather than just seeing them in their experience. Lena, I know that when we're doing like the pre-talk coming about the whole idea for the episode for today, I think it will be super, super enriching for those that are first time hearing from you where your prior background came about and why it's so true to you to see this just like yeah. a mile away. Can you tell us a little bit more? Who's Lena? Well, because you were there from the first breath of a child. Truly, yeah. So, um, no, I have had the extreme pleasure of walking so many parents through pregnancy or even preconception as they're like, okay, I would like to invite this child into my life. And, you know, the beautiful thing is a lot of people seeking midwifery care are looking to have this bigger, more empowering experience and looking to be really intentional in how they approach parenting and how they approach the birth, everything. So I've had the opportunity to walk so many women, hundreds and hundreds of women through that process of kind of the discernment for themselves. Like, who do I want to be as a parent? How am I going to, like, what parts of myself am I going to choose to leave behind as I go through this rite of passage? And what, who am I going to be on the other side? What am I bringing in to that new version of myself? How many years was this whole experience? Because I know it was just not one or two. It's 
Yeah. So for you come with a wealth years. of knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't be shy, Lena. Really, do tell a little bit more of you. <laughs> uh, so I was a midwife for over 15 years, wow. and I owned three different birth centers during that time with my midwifery partner. Um, so she and I did that for over a decade, and we separated, and then I kept the uh, another birth center going on my own until I needed to. I call it a medical retirement because it was for my own mental health. Like right. yeah. women as caregivers, there's a whole other podcast topic. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, stay tuned. It may yes. be coming next. <laughs> so, so I, when when women would come in, like in the conception point, would you kind of notice red flags that might arise for once the baby is born? I guess. Oh, interesting question. So I don't know if there were red flags so much as I saw them as opportunities that we could work on throughout the pregnancy to help her have more ownership over her more, uh, over her experience. Yeah. So if she was someone that had a difficult time taking responsibility for her experience and for the path that she was choosing, then that felt like a great opportunity to kind of empower her. So she felt confident in herself, in her decision-making. Therefore, when she has a baby, she's not pushing it, you know, the responsibility of decision or the outcome of a situation off on somebody else or potentially on the kid. Yeah. Well, because I know as a first time mother years ago that when you bring that first kid in, Mm. you don't know what you're doing. So your insecurities are on fire, right? Like your insecurities, you don't know what you're doing. And then what you do do, you're doing it on the advice of everyone around you. But the thing is, is is the advice great? Is the advice good? (laughs) I mean, I know it's coming from the purest of heart. Or is it a fit for you? Because you also have a partner and you have your own personality and your own way of seeing things. And now you're talking about generation of doing things different, Mm -hmm. a culture of doing things a specific way. Bleeding in, I'm merging in two different, you know, like the 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 father figure, the mother figures, all imprints. So there's a lot of information coming there in is. and just being solidified with this new life. And even though it's coming really. from the goodness of like the the surrounding family's heart, because it generally is coming from a really good, caring place, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's not always the best advice. It's just what mm-hmm. they know best themselves. Truly. And, but unfortunately that's how generational trauma gets Mm -hmm. passed. Right. Right. Like, well, and I would always remind moms too, like consider the people that feel the need to tell you their story are the ones that are still processing the trauma themselves. And this is how the, you know, this is part of how they're processing it is to tell the story again and to try and have that not happen to somebody else. But the people that had really positive, empowering, you know, like meaningful experiences, they just like tucked it in their heart and they kept living their life. You know, they didn't they're not going to feel the need to share the compulsion sometimes that you yeah. see oh, people gosh. have yeah. to share their worst <laughs> stories, their worst <laughs> scenarios. Well, I just got to, like when you said that, I just got a big bop on the head um, <laughs> because when we were talking, when we met initially for everybody on the air, um, I was telling Lena about how I had a miscarriage between two and three. And I felt this need to tell her about how I had this miscarriage. And I, 
knew it was the little girl that the same soul as a little girl who came in as the fifth eventually. And I was like, I'm not really sure why it happened, but I know we had some sort of contract. And then you may gave me the advice of she, she fulfilled her end of the deal. What was, Mm -hmm. and then after that conversation was over, I reflected on that and that was in 2012. And that's when I came to the realization that I mentioned that my dreams weren't dreams. They were memories coming back, Mm -hmm. but she was the activation key for that. And mm-hmm. she's been kicking my ass ever since she came in, in 2019. <laughs> well, she's, she's, she's the boss. Yeah. She, she, right. I, I mean, I joke, she's my activation key. But yeah. you're right. But I hadn't fully processed that. Right. So I had the compulsion to discuss it with you. Mm. Um, and then you gave me an insight that I never thought of. And then later, it was like I said, I felt like I got bonked on the head, like, oh my gosh, she was so right. <laughs> right. She did serve the purpose, and this is how it served. So yeah. now I like I just got bumped on the head when you said it's when people want to talk about it, it's because it's unresolved in some way. Yeah. Yeah, right? truly. So, I mean, I would always encourage people, like, because when you're pregnant and you are actively creating the reality that you want to gestate this baby and the world you want to welcome them into protecting your energy in that space is so important. And so, yeah, sometimes there will be well-meaning people that come to you and are processing their trauma with you. Like I was a totally safe person to do that with because it's my professional background. That was a great choice on your part, but someone who is in the beginning of their pregnancy. I mean, I know you have just the insight to know, like, that is not someone to talk about my miscarriage with, you know? Um, and other people don't have that insight. So as the pregnant person to know, like I have a bubble around me, they can say whatever they want and I can let it just fall in front of me. I don't have to pull it deeply into myself and try and dissect like what meaning, gosh, is it because they think they see something similar in me? Is it because they're worried about me for some specific reason? We can start to go really deep on why did they just tell me that? The same with our parents. You know, mm-hmm. our, my mom only had C-sections and she keeps reminding me that's probably what's going to happen to right. me. Right, right, You know, right. can be such a difficult thing. And for those women, when I would get to carry, care for them, I would remind them like, you are literally changing your lineage right now. You are literally the one that is shifting this story that has been carried by so many women generationally. You're reminding me of something I didn't even think I was going to be talking about today, (laughs) but (laughs) I was the first one in everywhere around me, not only my family, my husband's side of the family or friends who had a water birth and did not deliver at a Mm. hospital and was absolutely, I just knew in my gut that Mm -hmm. was not the route for me and for my husband, I think I, 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 we chatted mm-hmm. about it. Um, it was the first time also for him to find his voice as mm-hmm. a partner and part in this involvement, bringing this new life. Like we were both birthing our own identity as parents yeah. and graduating or divorce, however you want to transitioning from that stage. Yes, I'm part of this family, but now I'm creating my own family. And yeah. that very first step of just deciding how that birth experience was going to look like for us has has stayed and made us even stronger. But yet we were still very vulnerable. I mean, yeah. did you get a lot of resistance? No, 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 
No, my mother, in fact, she had a midwife when she had a hospital birth with with me. She her experience was very different, but she was very encouraging. But my grandmother, mother, she was the midwife in the countryside when she was growing up. So, so I had that matriarch support Mm -hmm. that they knew how to be in touch with their body, and so. I almost feel like crying because it's it's like my grandmother showed me without even telling me that it was possible. Yeah. It was already within me, yeah. inside of me. And um, yeah. just the fact that I, I, I picked up on it right on the spot, that was so empowering. And then later on, transitioning through all the pregnancy. And yes, we did have, um, I... I had to have a hospital visit during their pregnancy, and then I was able to contrast what it felt like to be pregnant in the medical system, what kind of care I was re- receiving versus what I was receiving at the birthing center throughout my pregnancy. And that just like, oh, no, for yeah. us, this is this is where it is for us. And 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 again, we did not have a complicated pregnancy. I did not any any, you know, uh, triggering health conditioning we did had a, yeah. a optimal health so it was an avenue that my body was meant to it and mm-hmm. everything else just designed for it but that just that right there like you're saying just taking away from that like my my heritage is um my parents were from Dominican Republic and the the c-section rate it's absurd is over 90% in Latin America. Mm-hmm. So women have this detachment from actual birthing, being mm-hmm. involved in their birthing experience because the medical system has already established it that way. And now culturally, mm-hmm. I don't even know where I was going with this, but culturally has become so accepted that when you say that you want a vaginal birth and that you consider something outside, it's, <gasps> yeah. How yeah, dare yeah. you? It's like baffling. I'm like, yes. I'm like, how did our great grandmothers? Like, how did the whole mm-hmm. earth populated itself before the medical structure was created? Yeah, so, I love it, the point that you bring up there of literally knowing it in your bones. Because when we look at epigenetics, we know it's roughly seven generations of history that we carry inside of us. Right. Yeah. So truly, you were there inside your mother, one of those eggs that became you were inside. uh, Let me back up. Baby girls are born with all the eggs that they're going to have for their entire life. So you were there, the cells that became you inside your mother, when your Mm -hmm. grandmother gave birth to her, you went through your grandmother's whole pregnancy. So quite Mm -hmm. literally her Mm -hmm. lived reality engaged in your, on on a cellular level with you. And so when you moved forward and you were like, okay, now I'm going to get pregnant. I'm going to become a mother. That is part of what you were engaging with. That was that piece that like clicked into place, that memory of, oh, wait, I know this and I know how it can feel. And remember, we have the reverse side of that as well, where maybe we get into an abusive relationship or something Mm -hmm. like that. And it clicks in for us because there's that cellular memory and it feels familiar. So for both the positive and the challenging sides of that, we see that that generational history that we're carrying can do such wonderful things. It can help us recall that innate ability we have to give birth, that most powerful self, or sometimes challenging things that we're going to have to work on leaving Mm -hmm. in the past again. 
this just I do you think one of the reasons that maybe C-sections have become so popular popularized especially in the western world is in a way to undermine the divine feminine energy I mean, <laughs> right? It's like, the medical system uh, right. and it's, all the OBGYN. It's just a, yeah. Another they did not way. have. Mm-hmm. They didn't have. They did not have the equipment. Like, <laughs> well, and look back at the history of mm-hmm. midwifery. They were our healers. They became yeah, they our witches. Women. All women, and the then, matriarchs. Yes, exactly. So when they became our witches, then we sought to suppress them. Yep. And then as we move forward from that, as our medical profession grew and realized, oh my gosh, what if we call birth a medical procedure? Mm. Now we can absorb that into mm. a medical setting, into a hospital setting. And we can start to tell women that this is a very scary thing that needs to be managed. And they can profitize off of it. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. And so we see the smear campaigns that happened around midwifery to say they're dirty and they're uneducated and your baby will die if you go to them. I was Come told to that hospital. with mm-hmm. my first child. I was, I told, was that. told that. And I was like, no, just the fact yeah. that you feel that it's right for you to express that out loud to me, that is what is wrong with yeah. the system. I'm like, yeah. no. Totally. And it's still occurring where we see the hospital as our best chance of an outcome. But honestly, if you are a black woman in America, your risk of dying during childbirth is the highest. It is incredibly high. And it's because we have a system that is not uh, meeting your needs is not seeing you as someone deserving of a high level of care. So if we had more Black midwives out there that Mm. understood the care, that understood the risk factors, I mean, yeah, our maternity system is completely Mm. spun around right now, unfortunately. And we've gone to a place that says, I want to remove all risk possible. So I'm going to go forward with a C-section, not really computing that birth is a very, it's a physiological response. It is the same way as when you have a bowel movement where, you know, this is a ejection response your body has. And if you let it happen and you don't mess with it, odds are it's going to be totally fine. Uh, But if you start to mess with it and if you start to doubt it, and if you start to get really in your head about it, now that bowel movement you are going to have starts going sideways, you know, and you do need medical intervention. The power of the brain is so, is so strong. And then I think Mm -hmm. about the energetic symbology behind it. What is our sacral? Where is our womb Mm -hmm. and our sacral Mm -hmm. and the creative and the creation? Mm-hmm. And that is literally a disempowerment of owning your own power of creating. Yeah, truly. Well, and then birth itself is the one time when we have given women permission to be the most powerful version of themselves yes. and to be loud, to really let that vocal mm-hmm. chakra go. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've certainly sat in many birth rooms of women who worked spent so much energy keeping themselves small because they didn't want to make sounds that were unfamiliar Mm. or move in ways that felt not okay. They tried to stay as quiet, but birth will come in and just rip Mm. that open, right? It takes all of your ability to, uh, you know, be a really contained version of yourself away. So for a lot of women, this is the birth room is the first time where they get to access that raw power, that fire that lives inside of them. 
Well, it's the sacral energy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? I mean, and it's yeah. and it's exploding, and you can't you can't prevent that in any no. way, no, right? No, no, yeah. no. But then mm-hmm. it makes me think now. Um, bringing back this conversation has been so beautiful, and can easily just go <laughs> yes. a whole different route of its own. But bringing it back on hearing generational trauma, what would be your intuitive answer? This is just mm-hmm. like yeah. Lena, the spirit. Um, do you think that our birthing experience is part of our soul contract as the parent bringing that child? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And what we can get really hung up on because there's a lot of shame around miscarriage or abortion or any sort of pregnancy that doesn't result in a perfect baby in our arms is we don't get to decide in this life what the contract is. Right. So right. we yep. can have a place that has trust that things are unfolding as they need to, but it is really easy to experience that miscarriage like you did, Katie, and carry a lot of meaning yep. for yourself in that. Whereas, you know, walking moms through that space, I had the, uh, you know, the privilege of reminding them like, we all have a certain number of heartbeats. And sometimes that heartbeat is going to go for 90 years and sometimes it's going to go for 90 days. And however long our heart was beating for, there was good we were doing in the world. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Yeah. No, uh, I remember after it happened and I went to a a post-checkup and the doctor asked me how I was doing and I just smiled at him and I said, you got to fake it till you make it, right? (laughs) And... um, now I know that was a very toxic comment and trait, <laughs> but you know it's where I was mentally at the time. But, but it's very. Um, yeah, I, I think it was. I had my two old the my two older they were babies at the time still, okay. and uh, we were in Germany at the time, and you, life still goes on, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand it because I was already, you know, I was. You know, it kind of spiraled me into like a, a postpartum in a, li- in a lot of ways that I then carried for several years. Um, mm-hmm. But but like I said, it needed to activate. I She needed to activate. Uh, I say she's my biggest joker in all of my lives and all of the lives that I have the memory of where we live together. Um, we were always kind of each other's support. Mm-hmm. What either like if something was hard on her, she always leaned on me. Mm-hmm. And if something was hard in my life, I always leaned on her. And so we were always each other's support, but we always had this very humorous relationship. Even now we have a very humorous relationship. Um and so I always say that her first joke was she came and then she pulled away. And then her second joke was, cause then we had four and I was like, I'm done. I'm done. Mm. And she, she was like up and up in heaven. She was like, look at her. She's so stupid. She thinks yeah, she can right. control me. She's so stupid. Yeah. Watch this. Whoop, here I am. Um, so, mm-hmm. but you know, it's the, so it's a contract we made, you know, it was that first kick in the ass, but she knew I, it was, she needed to come again to kick me in the ass again mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. And so I think she played her part perfectly. And now that Katie was sharing with us how amazing her fifth child She's is cool. in her many <laughs> lifetimes, cool. I, I'm curious, Lena, what is your take about encouraging the audience and anybody that we may cross path with about becoming not only the healed inner child, but the healed parent 
And later on in generation, the healed ancestor. Mm -hmm. What is your take? Is that even possible? What are you seeing? (laughs) What words of encouragement or what would you like to share on that? Uh, I think the most important thing to remember is there is no finish line. There is no (laughs) moment in time where it is done. You have completed it because why would you be in this life working through these challenges, learning these lessons? So if we look at our life as there is no finish line, then we're just in a constant state of curiosity for that, right? Like, how could I be mothering myself better? How could I be, you know, maybe I've gotten really good at mothering that young wounded inner self. And maybe now I'm figuring out how to mother my wounded teenage self, you know? And a lot of times Mm. we'll see that progress tracking with our children as they age. You know, we've learned how to mother somebody else. Therefore, we've learned how to mother ourselves better. And maybe as we're growing, we're learning, oh, now I can see this next generation before me. Now I can step back and look at the generations that came before me rather than this one that's following me. And with that empathy, we have looking at our children of, oh, beautiful one, you are going to make all the mistakes in the world and it will not affect my love for you one bit. And I understand you're going to go in so many different directions than I ever could have imagined. And I can't wait to meet you in each new version. We can apply that to the generations that came before us with that same love, that same empathy for us, that same cheering us on whatever path we go on. And to be able to look back and say, like, thank you for so many gifts. There are so many parts of who I am that came because of you. There are parts I received that aren't working for the direction I want to go in. And I'm going to set those down. I'm going to leave those with you holding them. That's up to your ancestor, whether they want to do the work to hand that back to wherever they received it from. But you don't have to take it forward with you. So much like you received the gifts from your grandmother to know what birth is, that's a gift that you want to take forward and pass on to your daughters. That's beautiful. They have that DNA encoded in them again now that they know what physiologic natural birth is and they can step forward with that. And there's things that your grandmother gave you that you said, you know, I'm not okay taking that forward. I'm going to set that down. So When you are doing that healing, you're healing forward and backward in time. You're healing in so many different dimensional spaces. You're taking the next best step forward. You know that there's no finish line and you're just accepting where it is right now. That's amazing. This is the perfect. Yep. Beautiful. (laughs) Yes. And and by the way, FYI, uh, Lena has the most amazing affirmation deck on her (laughs) side. So I would encourage you, Lena, to please tell us where can people reach you, find you and learn more from you because everybody needs a Lena in their life. Everybody. (laughs) We all do. (laughs) (laughs) So I would love if they come, came to find me at lenamorgan.com. It's L-E-N-A-M-O-R-G-A-N.com. And you can also follow along on social media. I am on all of the social medias and it's either at Lena Morgan or just at Lena Morgan. Uh, so there's an incredible amount of content, whether people just need reminders that yeah. they're doing a good job or suggestions of new directions to look in, or um, I'm a big fan of asking people questions because I am a firm believer that you know 
so much about what you need and you just haven't had the space to explore it yet. Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I am so thrilled about this. I'm so thrilled we got to talk to you today. And there's a part two. There's going to be a part two. So stay tuned. We're going to be talking about the role of intuition as an empowered parent. So here we go. Stay there. Thank you. Thank you, Lena. Thank you for listening today. For more information, find us at our website, parentingintuitivekids.com. And we invite you to join our newsletter for upcoming workshops, interviews, and further perks. Thank you so much, Katie. Thank you. Bye. Bye.